welcome to Be Ready, where we are preparing our hearts and our minds for the return of Jesus Christ. My name is Josiah Moldenhauer. I'm glad you're with me today. Last time, we talked about the importance of listening to Jesus and obeying him. The foundation for listening to Jesus is knowing him, knowing him in his word, the Bible. Today, we're going to talk about five kinds of contexts to help us understand the Bible. Now, before we get into this, it's important to remember that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. So, when we come to the Bible, we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit who teaches us and leads us into all truth. We're going to look at a verse really quickly that shows us this truth. This is in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. It says, the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So, this anointing, anointing is divine enablement to complete a certain task. And in this situation, the Holy Spirit ministers to us by enabling us to to learn by teaching us. He teaches us the word of God. When we come to the scriptures, context is one of the very important keys to knowing the Bible and, and interpreting it correctly. Have you ever been in the situation where you're talking with a friend and as you're speaking, they're going into a, quite a story with you and he or she is is expounding on this story, and then it leads to another story, and they're talking about something that's uh, very specific and close to important to them. And as they're talking, all of a sudden, another friend comes into the room, and they overhear what your your friend is talking about. And he or she is surprised because it sounds really silly. They don't they they make a joke about it. Whatever they just overheard. That is only a part of the whole. So they easily can misunderstand, misinterpret what is being said. We can easily misconstrue, misinterpret what the Bible is saying if we don't know the context. So there are five parts of context that we're going to look at today that are important to know when we're studying the Bible. The first is historical, then cultural literary, textual, and linguistic. Now, there could be more in other pieces like geographical and more, but these are five we're going to look at today. So, we're going to take a passage, actually a verse, excuse me, that we talked about last time. The book of Luke, last time we talked about the verse Luke 19.10. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. And if you listen to our Discussion last time we talked about how the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, and how that was related to Ezekiel. If you want to hear more about that, go ahead and uh, listen to that uh, because it will help you understand more of perhaps what we're talking about today. Historically, this verse references back to Ezekiel. At least there's a strong allusion to it because it talks about the Son of Man. Seeking the saving of the lost, being like a good shepherd who sought after the lost and sought to save them. 
that might be a piece of history that you could look at based on that verse. For the book of Luke as a whole, another piece of history you could take is looking at when it was dated, when it was written. There's a rough estimate that it was written sometime between AD 60 and AD 100. So those are some historical pieces you can look at. Uh, there's much more to history when you look at anything. There's some kind of a historical context to what was going on and the events surrounding it. Culturally, if you look at this verse, like I said with historical, there's many different pieces you can look at. We're just giving some, some examples. So culturally, in this passage, it's talking about how Jesus came to Zacchaeus's house. And Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Tax collectors in the Hebrew culture of that time were despised. They were really hated even by many Jews because they would cheat their own people. They would take extra money more than they were, more than Rome was asking for for taxes, and they would keep up some of that money for themselves. So they were basically stealing from their own people. So that was a cultural, very important cultural point to understand when you look at this relationship between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Literary. There is several parts to literary context. The, the genre of the book, the writer, the original context, maybe even the purpose of why they were writing, why he or she was writing. So looking at the genre, here for the book of Luke, it is a letter. It was written as a letter to Theophilus, and it was written by Luke, and he was a believer and also a doctor. And so he was, it was written from a unique perspective because most of the books, if not all of the rest in the New Testament, were written by Jews. And so Luke was a Gentile, a Gentile Christian, who was a close associate with Paul and traveled with him on, on his journeys, from at least many of his missionary journeys. And so those are some important pieces to know. Who was the audience? Well, it was also a Gentile audience, Gentile being non-Jew. And there, uh, at the beginning of the book, it talks about Theophilus. It was addressed to most excellent Theophilus. So he was some kind of a dignitary, some kind of an important person in the Gentile world. When you look at the purpose, it actually says at the beginning of Luke, Luke chapter 1, Luke 1, verse 3b and 4, he says, It seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So if you look at it, there's the purpose of the book. He was writing these things to Theophilus so that he would have certainty. He, it sounds like he already had been taught about Christ. He had probably heard the gospel already, but he was writing these things so he could be certain and know that these things had happened. The next part we're looking at is the textual context, and that would be the sentences, paragraphs, the text that surrounds the verse that we're looking at. So we're looking at verse 19, excuse me, chapter 19, verse 10. 
for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. To seek and to save the lost. And in that place, we know that in the larger paragraph, it's talking about Jesus coming to visit Zacchaeus and be his guest. And how Zacchaeus, once he was dining with Jesus, he, he repented of his of his sins and he said that he was going to make it right. He was gonna for all those people he had cheated, he was going to give back like four times what he had defrauded them. And so that's the context, the immediate context of this verse, what's happening. And then you can pull back and look at the chapter, what's the context of the whole chapter. And then you could pull back more and look at the the whole book, what's the context of that, and even, the, even how that book fits into the whole Bible. So, and something to keep in mind with that is chapters aren't necessarily at good spots in breaking up the, the context. So it's important to look uh, beyond the chapter, like a little bit before the chapter or after the, the chapter you're in to see what was happening before and after. The last part we're going to look at is the linguistic context. That would be the actual words, the grammar that's involved here. So with Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, there's many things you could look at, but we could center in on the word Son of Man because that was a very important phrase that was used, that Jesus used to identify himself. And you can look at where Jesus used that phrase other places in the Gospel of Luke and or in, in the other Gospels. And you could study that word and look it up, even look up the words in the Greek. Uh, you could look up what to save meant. Any words that have meaning, like verbs, even nouns, any words that carry meaning that you want to understand better, you can look up those words in a, a Bible dictionary or in a original language that, help, that helps bring out what it meant in the original language. Because many words have cultural meanings that don't have that meaning for us today. And so when you look at what the original word meant in the original language, even if you don't know the language, we have great study tools that tell you what it meant in the, the original language so that you can understand what it meant then. That brings us to an important part of that we understand what it meant to the original reader. So going back to the literary context, the audience, we need to understand how that original reader or hearer of the of the book, how they understood it. And when we accurately understand and interpret what it meant for the original reader, then we can understand what it means for us today. This is so important because it helps us to grow in our relationship with God. It helps us understand what he's saying to us in his word by understanding what he was saying then at the people of that time. Because that's the accurate, that's the accurate interpretation of what it means, so that we can then apply it to our lives, and I should say the Holy Spirit 
can apply it to our lives and help us to put that into action and let his word work in our lives. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and active. Thank you for giving us your word and giving us the Holy Spirit to help us understand and teach us and empower us to live it out. And Lord, we pray you would help us. Give us a hunger for your word. Give us the power that we need to obey you and to do what it says. And we pray you help us to get to know you better and walk with you, drawing on you from you for the strength that we need. In Jesus' name, amen.